0: It's great that Angela Moseley is here with us and um, she's going to be continuing our, our series where we are exploring the Beatitudes, which are the, the teachings of Jesus. They're hard teachings, and, uh, but they're inspiring, they're challenging. So um, buckle up, Angela, come on up. Um, I'm going to pray for her as she comes to speak to us. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Angela. And I think she'll tell us a little bit about a bit of her story. But Let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for Angela. Thank you for her availability to serve us this morning and to be here. And I just ask your blessing over her. Holy Spirit, come and speak through her. And I pray for her, but I pray for us as well, that we would have open hearts and open ears to hear what she's got to say to us from your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Rachel. Well, I saw somebody's sweatshirt this morning when I came in and it said born ready and I thought that would be what I need to be today isn't it born ready well as Rachel said my name's Angela and I've been involved with this church for a long time I think I've been coming here nearly 20 years and I used to be very involved with this service more recently now that my kids are older I I go mostly to the eight o'clock service and uh, actually apart from today the last time I spoke at the eight o'clock service was the very last service before lockdown I remember it because I remember that time wondering whether we would ever come back again. And here we all are back at church, which is great. Um, At that stage, I was um, in a company with my husband. We did chemistry services, and um, we sold out our interest in that company and took some time off. But um, more recently, I found myself slightly unexpectedly as a church leader of Alma Church, which is just seven minutes walk from here, actually, I happen to know. And um, I was doing that for two and a half years. I just finished in September. A pared down summary of my brief was to sort of stabilise the church, build it up a bit, and recruit someone else. And um, I was able to say that I I did that. So now I'm just in between projects slightly, as um, I see what might come along my way next. And so I was available today, which is lovely. Lovely to be here. Um, sad that Claire's not here. I've worked quite a bit with Claire in wholeness and um, in prayer ministry here, and um, we pray God's blessing on her at this time with her family as well. But um, I was speaking at 8 o'clock, so I'm going to share with you something of what it's like to be 8 o'clock. Well, as in this service, as we have at 8 o'clock, we've been looking at some words of Jesus from a passage in the Bible known as the Sermon on the Mount. And the words we're looking at today are these words, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We're going to dig deeper into that passage in a moment. But Jesus was bringing it as part of a talk, which he did, to a whole crowd of people as he stood on a mountain. And the people there were Jewish people. They, it, For them, it would have reminded them of another time when somebody in their history, when Moses in their distant history, stood on a mountain in the same way, telling them how to live well. Now, in the history of the Jewish people, Moses came down from the mountain and he communicated words from God that were written on tablets of stone. And they're the words that we know as the Ten Commandments. And they told people how to live in the way that God had intended them to live. And the intention was that the people would try and live up to these ideals. Now, history showed us that it's actually really hard to live up to those ideals in your own strength. And now we have Jesus standing there in the same way, reminiscent of that history, And he is bringing like an updated version of these words. He's bringing words which are um, going to be not now written externally in stone, but written in the living place of our hearts. They're going to be internalized and living in our hearts. They become part of us and they're applied into our lives by the Holy Spirit, which means that as we walk in that way, we're able to, Sort of live up to the way that God has made for us. So um, as Jesus is doing that, he's showing the people how to live well. And this section that we're in in Matthew, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and verses 3 to 10 is the whole of the Beatitudes. It's description of the Christian character. And that is in fact a reflection of the character of God. So when you read this, you see what God is like. And when When we can live in the same way, then we are living our very best selves because we were made to reflect the image of God in our lives. And that's what we've just been praying for Imogen, that as she grows, she'll reflect that character of God in the personality that's hers. We've been looking at um, two of these um, sayings each week and the ones we've come to this week are the fifth and the sixth sayings, which are blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, I wonder what you think about when you think about mercy and being merciful. Some of you might know other biblical references that mention mercy. Um, But in our normal everyday lives, it's not always a word that we use very much, is it? I think when I was thinking where else I've thought of it, I think of um, perhaps children's stories where there's some ruler who's um, towering over a poor, pitiless person who's there begging for mercy. Is that the sort of image that might come to your mind? But I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about teaching us how to um, respond when some big opportunity for mercy comes along. He's trying to teach us how to develop a way of living in a merciful way, like creating a culture of mercy in our lives so that mercy is just our natural way of being. And when we talk in sort of Christian language and words you come across in church, mercy is often in a group of words like with mercy, forgiveness, grace. You might often also have them linked with words like judgment and justice. You might have heard that quite helpful little adage which helps us to understand how those words get separated out. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. And many of the gifts of God come to us as gifts of grace, don't they? Grace giving to us things that we don't deserve. But God is also a God of mercy when he kind of has a way of finding a way around so that we don't have to get what we do deserve. Now, if justice is getting what you deserve and mercy is not getting what you deserve, does that mean that if we're to be merciful, then we have to overlook justice? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm made in a way where probably... Um, justice comes more naturally to me than mercy and so I have thought about this quite a lot and it's led me to another verse in the Bible which we find in the book of James where it says that mercy triumphs over judgment now in that it says that mercy triumphs over judgment it doesn't say mercy triumphs over justice thank goodness because God is a God of justice one day Everything will be accounted for and straightened out and resolved. We see that in the Bible when we look forward into the glimpses that the Bible gives us of how things will turn out in the end. One day, all secrets will be known and everything will be in the light. There will be justice. There will be justice. So I can let go of it. In the meantime, who are we to judge? Even Jesus says... I came not to judge the world, but to save it. And that, isn't it, is is an offer of mercy. Only God can judge. Until then, Jesus says, and he says this later in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. We could rephrase that, couldn't we, if we put it around the other way. Be merciful for then mercy will be shown to you. And that reflects what Jesus is saying, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So how do we be merciful in our everyday life, so that it's part of our character, not just when someone comes begging, which these days, it doesn't really happen very often, does it? I, I, it never happened to me anyway. And I'll tell you something that I've reflected on, that I learned in, um, in life, and it has actually helped me, I think, to be a more... Per- merciful church leader because I I thought about it when I was church leading. I used to play quite a lot of netball. I used to play in quite a good team and and we were quite competitive and we obviously liked to win and sometimes somebody in the team would um, maybe be a bit off their game or we might have a substitute or there might be a new person that we're trying out and then the spotlight's a bit on them isn't it? And at those stages if somebody wasn't playing very well I noticed that there was two ways that the team could respond, uh, two ways that individual people, including me, could respond. And I did notice that if someone wasn't playing well, if the team started giving them the message, you need to step up. You, um, what do you think you're doing? Oh, not again. Oh, no. Then it makes the person shrink down, doesn't it? it I've never seen someone play better and step up when they're under that sort of feeling. But if the team responds in a different way, if they start to say, oh, um, we're with you, keep going, it's okay, we don't mind, we're we're with you, try again, that was just, in sports terms, unlucky, even if it wasn't unlucky, but you know, unlucky, you're doing your best, you're doing great, that kind of like opens the people up, can you just imagine it, how it makes the people sort of expand and want to try again, it gives them a second chance. And God is a God of second chances, and I think that that's mercy. That's not giving those people what they deserve, in our judgment what they deserve. It means starting from here, the past is gone, and letting God sort out that judgment. He knows what it was that brought them to that point of maybe not performing as well as they could. We can offer mercy and a chance to move on from it. And in church leading, I can tell you, I discovered there's quite a lot of opportunity for practising mercy like that. You want to encourage your team to grow. You know, the team of people like I'm sure all the leaders do here. Rachel and a pastor, she's wanting to say, we're with you. We want you to grow. We want you to try new things. We don't mind if there's been a mistake. Let's give it another try. Perhaps you're part of a, a team Many of you are now part of families, when you've got kids, uh, even at work or a group in your community. When life happens to people and things go wrong, are you perhaps someone who brings judgment? Might be with a look or words or even just with the tone of voice, words that say, maybe that's not good enough. You owe me if we're going to get past this you've let us down and it's easy to have that feeling in ourselves isn't it but that is a judgment that we bring or we could choose intentionally instead to try to offer a hand of mercy you know people used to change plans when I was leading and sometimes it was difficult but I would try to say thanks for letting me know that's good we'll be okay we can sort it out together Thanks for trying. Let's work from here. I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying we're not to judge. We're called to be merciful because mercy builds people up. It gives confidence to try again, doesn't it? It takes our eyes off the limits of judgment. It's sort of like a fear of reprisal or condemnation. And it just brings us into that open space that God wants us to be in. God is always calling us into the open space where he can see more. He's always calling us into all that he had in mind for us when he made us. Even with Imogen, God knows the person he had in mind for her to be. And there's lots of paths she could take to get there. But he can always see the potential. Whatever wrong turn she takes she can start from there and still reach the goal. And that's the truth for all of us. So Jesus is saying, let go of that judgment and take hold of that mindset of mercy. And he goes on to tell us, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When mercy becomes part of the culture, it kind of flows, doesn't it? And we receive it too. And sometimes we talk about it being like a currency. It's like the currency of the kingdom. And the more you use a currency, the more you build the economy. I mean, we know that in sort of capitalist, our normal lives, the way it works, isn't it? The more money we use, the more economy grows. In God's kingdom, mercy, forgiveness, those are the currencies of the kingdom. And the more we use them, the more we build the kingdom and we see the work of God, the way the kingdom works, working in our lives. And... But if we want it to flow, there's something else that I learned when I was church leading, is that we must learn to be merciful to ourselves. Now, when I became a church leader, I hadn't been a church leader before, and uh, there's things that I, I did differently to what I might have done if I'd known otherwise. But it wasn't any good if I couldn't let myself off. How would I do it again, stand up the next week, deal with the situations that were in front of me? I had to know what it really meant to say, God, I've done my best and that's it. This is the line in the sand. You can deal with the gap and I'm moving on from here now and I'm going to try again. And I think sometimes we can struggle with the flow of mercy because we find it hard to receive it. We find it hard to let ourselves off and to know that God, I know he's a God of justice, but he does let us off from our wrongdoings. That is the point of coming to him to be able to have a second chance, not, I'm letting you off, but you're going to have to pay later. That, that's not how it is. It's really a line in the sand and we can go from here with a clean slate. So we need to learn to how to receive mercy and how to be truly merciful to ourselves. And until we can give and receive mercy, that mercy can't really flow round in the kingdom like it is supposed to do. Once we understand that economy of the kingdom and start to see it and share it and really get hold of it, we can see how it works. Like, you know, economists know how it works with money, don't they? And we can become like economists in the kingdom of God where we see how it works. And then we can cooperate with it. We can become better at building the economy. And that brings us on to our second little phrase for today, which is blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And to me, that's, that's a very appealing phrase because I'm someone who likes to see things. When I used to go to New Wine, I always wanted to go and see the speakers. Not necessarily hear what they're going to say, but I wanted to see them. You know, some people are probably like that if you're visual. See, see what they're like and just get a sense of what sort of people they are. As we start to live in that economy of God... We're aligning ourselves with the ways of God. We're like reflecting his character and walking in his ways. And when we do that, we're seeing things from the same angle as God. It it says in the Bible that it's like opening the eyes of our hearts so that we can see more than we just see with our physical eyes. It's like getting behind the scenes of what the world tells us we ought to care about. And we see past all the things that distract us and pull us in different directions. I mean, we all live such busy, complicated lives. There's so many things that are pulling us in different ways. And things we do have to attend to. But if we want to see through, we need to align ourselves with the vision of God. Someone who had a pure heart in the Bible was was Jesus. He could see past all the distractions. He could see what God was doing he says in one of the gospels I only do what I see God my father doing now I sometimes think yes if I could see what he's doing then I'd do it as well you know it'd be a bit easier then wouldn't it if we could just see what God was doing but here we're learning that we can begin to see more clearly what God is doing if we align ourselves with God we, we we're with his character and then as we do that It purifies our spirit, and we can see God in the people around us. We can see God in the world around us. And we can see God in the things that are happening, even like where God is involved, like you say, in the food bank. How do we cooperate with that? How do we cooperate with God's work in Imogen's life as she grows up? We can see what's going on. Um, I've got a, a little story about getting behind the scenes and seeing what's really there. Um, my daughter, Rachel, who she started coming here when she's five, she's 24 now, um, but um, she, she works in a coffee shop in Westbury-on-Trim. But she has had the opportunity a couple of times to go to Spring Harvest, which is a big Christian festival. And when she's been there, she's been the stage manager Um, And that part of being the stage manager in the big venue, they have lots of famous name people come. So obviously I was a bit jealous because I like seeing people and she was getting to see them all. Part of being the stage manager, she gets to mic them up before they go for their talk, go and do their talk in the evening. So um, they would be well-known people with a lot of hype around them. They've been invited, the crowds are coming to listen to them, they've probably written books, they run churches, they've done amazing things. And she is meeting them face one to one, face to face, as she mics them up. And she it was very interesting because she said she didn't tell me what applied to who, but she said some people were really lovely. They talked to her, they were interested in what she did, they they sort of cooperated. And some people, they didn't even see her. It was as like she wasn't there. They just were so busy thinking about themselves or dealing with their teams or whatever. And she said, you really got to see the person behind the scenes. I think that was fascinating, that when we get behind the scenes, when we get past all the hype and the lights, we find out what's really there. And I think with the world, our culture, with the church, sometimes all those things, they can make it hard for us to see God behind the scenes. We need to get there. So how do we get behind all that? How do we see past all that? Jesus is showing us here that these words about becoming pure in heart, they would have reminded the people listening of other words of a great king years before, King David, as in David and Goliath, you might have heard of him. And he wrote many prayers in the Old Testament. He wrote words like, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the God's holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. He prayed, "Create in me a pure heart, O God. Teach me your way, Lord. Give me an undivided heart." He knew the value of having a heart which was for God. Even though all these other distractions are going on, his heart was through and he wanted to see God to stand in that holy place. And for us, when we listen to these teachings of Jesus and follow his ways... We are choosing to let those words, those guidelines, those principles be written in our hearts to become part of us. Like our DNA. Our DNA sort of um, directs who we are and what we do, doesn't it? And as we take in and let those words be written on our hearts, we will become more pure in heart. We will see God. It says so here. We will see God. We'll get behind the scenes. And we'll see God as he really is. In the world around us. In the things that are happening. In the people we meet. And we will meet a God who is full of mercy. He's calling out the best in us. He's calling out the best in you. He sees the person that he had in mind when he made you. And you can still get there. That's what he sees. He's encouraging. He's full of life and possibilities. He's not like wanting you to feel the fear of past things that have happened, but to bring you into that space where you say, I'm with you, he's for you, God is for us. He's calling us to be people who understand that economy of the kingdom so that we can build the economy of God and let other people see God in the life of those they meet, of meeting me, of you, meeting you. When we do that... We'll be able to join in with what God is doing because we will have seen it with a pure heart. Now as we come to the end, we're going to be coming to communion in a moment, which is a place of mercy. It's a place where God says, I've dealt with all the difficulties. I've dealt with the things behind. Some of them, it's not all resolved yet. That's for me to do in the future. But you can come and start from here. And walk into the life, your best life. Your best life will be one that reflects my character, says God. Because that is the image that I made you in. And so as we, as we come to communion in the moment, it'll be a time for reflection. But let's just take a moment to pray first and bring our hearts to God in preparation. God, your character is to be merciful. And you tell us that you have mercy on all that you have made. You have mercy on me. Lord, help me to know how to be someone that has mercy flow through them, to let you be the judge. Perhaps we can think of someone that we, we're we inclined to judge, a situation we're inclined to judge, but God knows all the factors in that situation. And Lord, we hold out mercy to it now. We hold, we we take that situation into the presence of God, which is a wide open space where possibilities for change are all around. And God, as we follow in that way, we want to see you. May that be enough to motivate us to align our thoughts and ways with your thoughts and ways. So our hearts become pure and we see you as much as is possible in this life. Lord, as the great King David said years before Jesus, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen.